Good evening. If you have your uh, Bibles, let's turn back to uh, Psalm 40. Psalm 40. This is a beautiful psalm, as most of them are. All of them are, as a matter of fact. I thank God that he has given me a privilege to be here with my brethren. Not necessarily in this spot, but I thank God that he's enabled me to be here. You all pray for me. But you know, uh, the text on this message is going to be the first five verses. And uh, let's go ahead and read these. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of a miracle, and he set my feet upon the rock, and he established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor turn aside as such to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to us work. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and to speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. You know, these are the words of David, for this is a psalm of David, and he has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, because God's Word says in 2 Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's a, this is a messianic psalm because these are also the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of the psalms are about, are whole, and all the holy scriptures are of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says in the scriptures that if it belongs to Christ, it belongs to the elect. For the Holy Scripture says that they are one with Christ. And what a privilege that is and what a blessing that is. And we're talking about those that God placed in Christ before the foundation of the world. And we're talking about those particular people that our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for to save them from their sins. But anyway, it says in John 17, it says that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou givest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. You know, it says here in this first verse, it says, I waited patiently. For the Lord. You know, patient waiting on God was a special characteristic of our Lord Jesus. And patience never 
lingered in his heart or in his mouth throughout his agony in the garden, on his trial, his cruel scourging and beating, people mocking him, and that he endeared and been he endeared the cross. And while he was on that cross, he hung for hours in pure agony. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he suffered physically, mentally, and spiritually in a way that none of us can even comprehend. And just before he gave up the ghost, he said in the book of John, he said, it is finished. The work of substitution, the work of redeeming his people from their sins was complete. He was placed in a tomb and he waited patiently for the Lord to hear his prayer and to deliver him out of death. If you will, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Verses 7 and 8. It says in God's word, speaking of Jesus Christ, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If you will now, turn to Hebrews 12. He waited patiently. He was in that tomb for three days. Hebrews 12, verse 2. He come out of that tomb. It says here in verse 2, Looking unto Jesus, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And that faith is a gift of God. It's not something that comes from us. It comes, it's a gift. All spiritual gifts and all good gifts come from above. That's saving faith to believe. He says, who for the joy that was set before him endeared the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He sat down. The work of redemption is finished. You know, our Lord Jesus, he was brought low, but he rose to victory. He completely satisfied the law of God and the justice of God. To perfection. Why did he do it? He done it for to be obedient unto his father and for the love of his people. And in shedding his blood for his people, it says in Corinthians that God's people, we are bought with a price. We are not our own. And what was that price? The precious lamb, the precious blood of the Lamb of God. One who knew no sin, did no sin, and had no sin. But he took in our sins and imputed his righteousness 
and to his people. And his perfect obedience is our righteousness because our righteousness is as filthy rags. You know, our Lord set a good example for his elect when it comes to prayer. You know, may God give us patience and strong faith to realize that God will always, he will always, the Lord Jesus Christ will always answer the prayers of his people. Always. He will answer them. It will be at a time that is best suited to his accomplishment of his purposes for our lives. You know, David said, I waited. If you don't care, if you would, turn to Psalm 27. Sometimes when I pray, I want, I'd like an answer right then. But God will answer my prayers if I'm in, in Christ, one of his elect. He will answer my prayers in his time, in his will. It says here in Psalms 27, look at verse 13. This is David speaking. He said, I have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We'll go back to our text in Psalm 40. We have such a privilege. You know, Jesus Christ is not only, not only our prophet and our king, but he's our high priest. And he's experienced what we've experienced. And we, are, we don't, I don't, I don't at times, I really don't realize what it means that I can call upon my God through, the, through my uh, high, great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, and go to the throne of grace. But, but anyway, it says here in Psalms 40, let's read the first three verses. He says, I waited patiently. For the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, and he set my feet upon the rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. It says here, many that many shall see it, and they shall fear and shall trust in the Lord. You know, he delivered us out of a horrible pit. What was it? I was in that pit, a pit of sin, the curse of the law, idol worship, self-righteousness, false religion. But you know, Christ came to where that I was. He came to where his people was. And he became what I was, and he paid our sin debt for us. He took our place in that pit. Down. He come down from the throne of glory. God Almighty come down from the throne of glory to this cesspool of sin for his people. It says here in Romans 4, Blessed are those whose blessed. Let's look at that word just for a minute. What does that mean? Happy. You know, something that I, I just don't I think a lot about is that my sins have been forgiven. They've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It says here in Romans, Blessed are they 
whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. How are our sins covered? By the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes also, it goes on to say that he set us up on the, he set us up on the rock. And we all know that that rock is our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, our Redeemer's work is finished. He rests on the firm ground, and he accomplished fully all that he set out to do. He'll never suffer again, and he will forever reign in glory. What a comfort to know. What a comfort to know when we meditate upon the promises of God, to know that Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, stands on a sure foundation in all that he is and does for us. He is truly the rock of ages. You know, the word of God says that the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. In the book of Hebrews, God's word says, Therefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God. How? By him. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any of her, for there is none of her name under heaven whereby we can be saved. But it is by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them, for his people. God's people has been set free, and he alone has set our feet upon that rock. All of God's people feel as David did when he said in Psalm 62, and think about this, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, and I shall not be moved because he's got his arms wrapped around me. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. And you know, he not only, he not only brought us out of that horrible pit, but he set her feet upon that rock, which is Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. But he also put a new song in her mouth. And that song comes out of her mouth, but it originates in a new heart that the Lord God has given his people. And what is that new song? It's a song of praise and worship to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I like what Hebrews 13 says. By him, speaking of Jesus Christ, and this is talking only to those that are in Christ, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. You know, meditation is a real good thing for the soul. But when you meditate upon the Lord Jesus Christ and his works and his blessings, it don't get no better than that. Psalm 115 says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. It says here in this verse 3 of our text, it says that many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. And when we look at that, how many is many? It says many. Listen to what it says in the book of Revelation. 
It says, there will be a great multitude which no man could number. Now think about that. No man could number. Of all nations and kindreds and people and times stood before the throne and before the Lamb. You know, I stand here by myself and I look at the sin. I'm full of sin from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And he stood there on that cross. He was nailed to that cross. And he took in the sins of a number that cannot be numbered of all of his elect. I can't imagine the pain and the, that he went through. But anyway, look at verse 4 of our text here. It says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. It says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. There's that word again, blessed. Happy. We need to look to Jesus. I need to look to Christ each and every day of my lives. Happy is that man. Why? We're happy when we look to Christ because look at 17 in, this, in the same chapter here at verse 17, the first part of it. And this reflects upon all of God's elect. For I am poor and I am needy. We all need Christ. We need him each and every day. We need his grace. We need, we need his uh, mercy. We need, for, we need to know that he is there. And you know what? He is there. The Bible says his spirit lives within us. He's never far away. He's always there. And all of God's people know this. They know that we're spiritually poor. And when you look at ourselves, when I look at myself, I know that I have nothing to offer God. I have nothing to offer him. We are nothing, we have nothing, and we can do nothing to save ourselves. And you know, without Christ, we have nothing. I don't care what a person has in this world. If they are not in Christ, they don't have nothing. But the Bible says over in First uh, John, I think it's chapter 5, he that hath the Son hath life, but he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You know, that's, as, that's about as plain as it gets. But with Christ, we have it all. You know, in the book of Colossians, God's Word says, and this is speaking of Christ, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. That's his elect, which is the head of all principality and power. You know, at verse 4 of our text, it goes on to say, And respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. You know, in Christ, God's chosen people have everything that they need. You know, the Bible says that this life is a vapor. It appears for a little while. And it's gone. And that's the truth. And everything that we see in this world, everything that we see, one day it's going to be gone. But Christ Jesus, he lives forever and ever. And he is our prophet and our priest and our king. And you know, as I look around, and, and some of you may do this, but as I look around at situations that our nation is in and, and, and problems that we go through at the house and, and the, the trials and the infirmities that we go through, you know something, there, there's something that we can experience as God's people that the world can't experience. And that is, is found in John 14 when our Lord Jesus Christ, when he said, peace, I leave with you. He said, my peace, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. 
And then he goes on to say, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And you know, uh, when we think about that, he does give us peace. You know, he says, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. He heareth our prayers. He always will. And you know, I, I wish that I could be like Paul was when he was sitting in that dungeon just before he was getting ready to be executed. He said, I have learned that whatsoever state that I am in, therewith to be content. You know why he said that? Lord Jesus was with him, and he knew that. He knew that. If you will, look at uh, verse 5 of our text here in Psalm 40. It says, Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thou thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. You know, as this verse says of God's wonderful works and his thoughts, which are to usward, as his people, he's talk, as I said, he's talking to his elect here, and his, his wonderful works are more than can be numbered. But we're going to look at a few of God's greatest blessings in Christ. You know, in Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the, to the riches of his grace. Our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. And I thank God for that. And the God's word says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, what is truth? It's truth is when God opens the eyes and the heart to the person, <clears throat> to the work, and to the sacrifice, and to, to, to the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does a believer, what do they want more than anything? A true believer, when we're worshiping God, we have so many blessings. You know, he has saved us. He has saved us from the curse of the law and the power of sin. But one of these days, he's going to save us from the presence of sin. In 1 John 3, verse 1 and 2, may we enter into this. He says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Listen to this. Enter into this. I wish I could enter into this. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We see him now by faith, but one day we're literally going to be in his presence. And I thank God for that. You know, the Bible speaks of God's church, and I'm talking about those whom God placed in Christ for the foundation of the world, as the bride of Christ, and he is our groom. Now, what does, what does a bride want more than anything? To be with the groom. I want you to turn one more place. Revelation 19. This is our future, brothers and sisters. Revelation 19. 
verse 6. Revelation 19, verse 6. The Word of God says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a, of a great multitude, and as a voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. You know, in Christ, his people are saints because we have his righteousness. Verse 9 here, listen to this. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, listen to these words, These are the true sayings of God. They're written in stone, and we stand on that stone. And that stone is our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need him each and every day of our lives. Not only are we his, but he belongs to us. And what a blessing that is. And it will help us to get through this life, regardless of what we think. The Bible says that we are to set our affections on things above, not on things of this world. What is that? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's always there. I pray that someone may have received a blessing out of that. And to God be the glory.